Welcome, everyone, to episode 18 of the Gamify Everything podcast. We talk about everything gamified, including the metaverse and beyond. I'm your host, Marcus Howard, and I'm joined by Simon Bailey and Matthew Nagy. 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 Thank you both for joining us. <coughs> My, our pleasure to be here. Simon's pleasure to be here. Hi. My <laughs> pleasure to be here. <laughs> Both of you are representing Utopian Game Labs. For those who are new to Utopian Game Labs, can you talk a little bit about the team and the company and what you're doing? Yeah, so so uh, um, yeah, so Utopian Game Labs was set up to make take advantages of opportunities in the mainstream games. Um, both Matt and I have a 20 year history in um, video games. Um, I'm sure Matt can do his own introduction, but uh, I've had 25 uh, titles published mainly in the family entertainment sector. So Scooby-Doo, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Clone Wars, High School Musical, a uh, whole bunch of uh, young Indiana Jones, whole bunch of um, uh, mainstream titles across um, multiple platforms. So PC, Xbox, um, Nintendo platforms, uh, mobile over the years. Uh, my particular expertise is managing large uh, development uh, teams. So up to 140 guys or and gals working on um, uh, uh, different platforms, so Xbox and uh, PlayStation PC simultaneously. And um, we came up with the idea of um, this latest game. We discovered blockchain. We are believers. Uh, I first came across Engine, um, an Engine coin, a few years ago, and I just kept an eye on it. And now I'm a firm believer that making making money should be fun, essentially. Uh, so it, playing video games, you should get paid for it. That's what, that's what I believe in my heart. Yeah. So uh, just to repeat some of the stuff Simon said, because he's got some mic issues for the um, for the people on Discord. Um, he's been in the games industry for over 20 years. He's made some great, great games, worked with a lot of... Um, Worked with a lot of licensed products, Scooby Doo, Star Wars, High School Musical, Peppa Pig, uh, across all the platforms, pretty much, and has been managing teams for of across multiple platforms for a long time. Uh, but with this rise of this new genre that has come up, he's just like, wow, people could make money having fun and playing games. That is absolutely brilliant. This is where we need to go. So this is Utopia Games is, was instantly into this as a result of that. And Matthew, what about yourself? Uh, you, you come with a, a wealth of experience as well in the industry. Yeah, um, I've been in the games industry since uh, 1994. <laughs> um, and um, my first, I really lucked out. My first job, so I was designing Die Hard Trilogy, an alien trilogy for the PlayStation 1. For those of you who can remember PlayStation 1. I have one. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I've been in the games. I left. I did Batman and Robin. And then I left and I started forming my own companies. 
And we were big Nintendo supporters. We did like seven GameCube games and like 10 Wii games before the Wii market disintegrated and Wii U, Wii U came out and then, then the, the latest. But at that point, Simon and I started working together on various products. Um, yeah, it's just been great. Um, it's really interesting. I saw my son playing CSGO for a number of years, spending all his pocket money buying unique items. And then they got this point where he said, oh, this, I'll check this knife out, Dad. It's worth 100 bucks. This one's really rare. It's worth 300 bucks. And I said, well, how can you? Oh, yeah. I said, how, you, how can you make some money off that? He said, oh, well, you can't because you can't, you can't sell it. You could trade it. I'm like, well, trade it for what? He's like, you know, in-game currency. Or you can try your luck on one of the markets and hope that the guy pays you or not. And I'm just, you know, anyway, you know, that really stuck in my head. So when Play to Earn came on the scene, I just thought, wow. So you either find, earn, or upgrade something in the game so that it is of value, $300,000, $400,000. And then you can actually sell it because you actually own it. And that, I was like, I want in. That's, that's so good, you know. Yeah, Simon and I were having that chat uh, a couple of weeks ago that, that basically this is like nirvana for gamers, right? Like not necessarily become wealthy, and, and some people are becoming wealthy, but generally speaking, just to be comfortable, like have the ability to cover your, your you know, what is it, the Maslow's hierarchy needs, like your shelter, your food, like your, your safety and security, and, and do that by playing video games. If I had that opportunity when I was 18, I probably would not have gone to college. Uh, yeah, I you know I have a feeling there are going to be a lot, lot fewer carpenters and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, accountants and engineers and doctors even you know as a result of this. My my son is twenty, and he plays Fortnite and he plays League of Legends, and if he could earn enough money to pay pay for his vape liquid, he'd be a happy dude. And, and I think <laughs> so I, that, <laughs> That's, that's what's coming to the West, you know, at the moment, Indonesia, Philippines, you know, people are playing play to earn and making a living out of it, but it's coming, definitely coming to the West. Yeah. For the, for the Discord people, Simon saying his son's 20 and he plays Fortnite and, and other various games like that. And, um, you know, if he could make enough money playing those games just to pay for his vape liquid, he'd be well happy. You know, <laughs> let alone the fact that, you know, the people in the Far East can make a living, the people in the West, at least the kids, you know, they can, they can feel like they've earned something for, for all the time and effort they put in having fun. And, and I think that's, there's nothing to dismiss, right? Yes, uh, the cost of living in the Philippines is different than it is in the West. But if you are a eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and you're making, you know, $7 an hour playing video games, where else are you making $7 an hour? <laughs> Absolutely, you know, my goodness, my kids, my kids would have been full time gamers long ago. <laughs> so, Utopian Game Labs is working on a number of projects. Obviously, you all have um, Time Raiders. Can you, you talk to the community here across various platforms? Again, this is going to go out to audio. And shout out to everyone who's joining us in, in Discord and LinkedIn and Twitter and Twitch and Facebook, uh, and soon the audio platforms, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You talk to everyone about what Time Raiders is. 
Yeah, sure. So Time Raiders is an NFT treasure hunt through time. It has four unique selling points or four four points of of interest um, for everybody. The first one is that uh, we're bringing 20 years of mainstream gaming experience, development experience to the crypto uh, gaming scene. So we're attempting to up, upgrade the fun and upgrade the experience that you have when playing, reducing the grind um, when you're playing um, a video game uh, for money or for NFT rewards. The second unique thing we have, or the second important thing that we have, is the utility of the NFTs in the game. So you're rewarded or you find or you buy an NFT and that NFT uh, might be a rare submarine. So that submarine allows you and maybe 500 other people to uh, shoot torpedoes towards the land and to also uh, uh, dive down uh, to unlock hidden levels where you can find more NFTs. So there's genuine utility of the NFTs within the game. Um, the second utility idea that we have is reputational weapons. So the more you use your weapon, uh, the better a reputation it gets in terms of accuracy, number of kills, power, to the point where you can name your weapon. So we would like to stimulate a secondary market where people are training weapons just for sale. Um, the third utility is that you can stake your in-game token, expendium, against factories. So for example, you uh, stake your token against a, an order from the munitions factory. It might be a crate of hand grenades, say. So that crate of hand grenades, uh, you, you find a blueprint within the game, you place the order with the factory, you stake your token, and after a couple of weeks, the warehouse the factory will produce your order for you. The warehouse man will let you know along the way how your order is progressing. And then you're delivered a box of hand grenades that then you can use in the game, or you can sell them in the marketplace. So real utility to the NFTs. We want to get to the point where each player has a unique gaming experience. So, so my, my playing of the level will be different from your playing of the level, uh, simply through the, the, the tools and the items that you have in-game. And then uh, the next thing is the in-game currency expendium. So uh, Matt is really the uh, economy guy. He's designed the economy in the game. Um, but the, the short answer is you can you can earn money by playing the game uh, for fun. And Matt can go into that a little bit. And then the fourth thing is ultimately the decentralized nature of the game. We want to put the power of level creation into the hands of the user. So I can play your level, you can play my level. We populate that level with our own NFTs. And then the most popular amateurs, if you like, or the most popular gamers um, mods 
uh, will be the most successful. So you'll earn as much money as you're able to uh, create through your imagination of building your own levels using the kit of tools that we'll supply. Um, so ultimately, we see that as decentralizing the, uh, the game and allowing the users to take control and make money from the product. Sorry, that's a long answer. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to repeat all that for the sake of the Discord people. Sure. <laughs> um, the high level for the Discord people is we're making a AAA quality game. You know, we've seen a lot of the games out there, and and uh, you know, the, a lot of them are cartoony. Um, a lot of them are just visually, just not. You know, I mean, there's new stuff coming, but like mm -hmm. we, we're we're trying to create a fun AAA experience where everything in the game is an NFT with a potential for value where you can find you're hunting for treasure, but you're also have missions within the, the within the level. Um, the economics of the game are such that um, if you find a rare NFT, that's great. And as more gamers join the rare NFTs, the rare NFTs, their utility is more powerful, more effective within game. So, like somebody on might want to buy that from you off the black market that we're also making. Um, we we want to try to keep people in the game instead of going to open sea to to deal with stuff, you know, because it's a captive audience. Then it's you know you're selling to someone in game who also wants the thing. So finding rare NFTs is great, um, but even if you find a common NFT, there's an upgrade path. And the upgrade path means that if you're willing to put the time in and upgrading the, the weapon or the tech or the armor or, you know, or the raider himself, if you're willing to put that time in, you can make increase that in value over time to be able to sell it to somebody as well. You know, I really see I see lots of different type of gamers playing. I see the ones who farm materials to sell to others. I see the kinds who who farm and grind the upgrade process to create things of great value. I see the people who play really well and find as many of the treasures as they can within each level in order looking for the rare ones that they can sell. But all the time, you're also earning expendium. You're an expendium for completing objectives. So, you know, you get a little bit of expendium, which you can then use towards the upgrade system. And But you can also get expendium for achievements. So, you know, your Xbox-style achievements, PlayStation-style achievements for good gameplay, you get Expendium for that as well. Expendium is our, our token. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, um, I don't, you know, so there's multiple ways to earn within the game. In the future, um, we are also going to have um, various items that also allow you to earn in other ways through staking mechanics and through shared ownership of certain uh, certain uh, in-game uh, features that can be owned by several people, uh, you know, quite a few people in order to make it fair. And, um, and then those things get rented out uh, to other people. Likewise, if you've built something up and it's fantastic, you can sell it. And if, if you don't like the price, you're like, you know what, I'm going to rent it instead. And you can rent it instead. So it's all good, man. There's loads of ways to earn money I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you know, I don't mean to be critical of the, the current play to earn ecosystem, but 
most of it is more economics heavy and, and the earning is, is more staking heavy than, than the typical gameplay experience that gamers have come to, to know and love in, in all of their video games. And it sounds like what you're bringing to the market is, is more of that balance of, of traditional gameplay that's enhanced by play to earn functionality that has not existed before kind of blockchain gaming and play to earn existed or yeah. has, has been part of the ecosystem. Yeah, that that is our desire. That's our that's one of our that's our main goal. You know, making money should be fun. Making, making money, money should, be fun. should be fun. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't say it any more simple than that. Um, we've got a couple extra questions, but I, I want to give the audience an opportunity to ask some questions as well. If you're joining us in Discord, please raise your hand. Be glad to promote you to the stage so you can ask some questions live. I'm going to take a quick. Housekeeping break to also remind everyone that this is the Gamify Everything podcast powered by Gamify, which is an IDEO launchpad um, specifically for Gamify projects, be they play to earn games or the metaverse or anything blockchain enabled. And just as a quick reminder, in case you missed it, we do have our own token, the GMI token that you can stake on our website to earn up to 225% APY. And we just yesterday announced our first IDEO, which will be March 11th with the gamey team, gamey.me. So we've got some other great announcements coming up later this week. Definitely want you all to stay tuned. And we'll move on to the next couple of questions here that we don't have anything from the audience. What I'd like to learn from the two of you is, what do you think is the biggest obstacle to mainstream adoption and how can we fix it? That's a good Um, question. Yeah, for for me, it's onboarding. That's probably the most difficult thing is, you know, having to, go in and out of the game to connect your wallet, et cetera, uh, to sell NFTs in the marketplace. And the more, the, the quicker and the easier we can make it for everybody to uh, just get in and play the game as normal. And then, you know, mint, seamlessly minting NS, NFTs as we go, the better. Uh, we're, we're not going to answer that question immediately in the, um, in the, in the first open beta, but we are, we are working on that. So to reiterate some of what Simon said, for the sake of the Discord people, but um, also to add to it, um, we have noticed the the kind of it's kind of annoying. You're like all excited to play the game, and then you got to sit, you got to go here, and you got to press this, you got to do that, and like you know, owning the audience from the from the get go is really important. So um, you know what we're doing a little bit differently. I mean, as a lot of people do, we're, we're having you download the game from the website. And it's just a simple email check. But once you've downloaded the game, um, we there's no barrier to entry for gameplay. You can get in immediately. You can go through the tutorial experience. You're prompted on out of the tutorial experience to hook up your wallet. But if you don't want to hook up your and, and we're suggesting a certain wallet, which is easy for us to hook up with you really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you don't hook it up there and then, you can keep playing. The only point, the point where you'll need your wallet hooked up is when you want to withdraw. You know, so effectively, I, I love it. You can get in, you can play, you can really enjoy the game. You know, you can buy and sell to your friends. You're earning expendium, you're upgrading, you're doing everything. You're even, you can even, with your earnings, you can stake in-game for certain benefits. Um, in-game is staking for NFT benefits. Okay. Um, so all that is there on day one. And, um, I, you know, it's just, I think it's a brilliant solution guys have come up with. And then at any point, 
you can hook up your wallet. You know, hopefully you will already have your wallet. If you're a, a non-crypto person, if you're just a gamer and uh, not just a gamer, if you are a great gamer <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and we'll also have some great FAQs, uh, to help you. We're going to, we're going to support most of the most popular wallets and we'll have some little, you know, this one's easy. This one's a little more difficult. You know, we'll guide you. Um, so the only other thing that we have that's outside of the game is just our normal staking of our token expendium, mm-hmm. which is done via a web page. But even that's connected to the game. So like within the game, you can hit the staking for expendium and it will bring up like a mini window. So it doesn't have to disappear the game. It'll yeah. window the game and bring up a mini window. I don't know if you've ever done a banking application brings up a mini web browser, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you'll be able to, you, you'll even be able to do your, um, your expendium staking from that. And I love it. The benefits of our expendium staking, um, there's a pool that gets fed by some of the expenses from in game. So like, you know, like it's brilliant. So like we're, you know, we're cycling it around for everybody. And, um, yeah, I just I just think it's gonna be brilliant. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that. I think that's what makes one of the things that makes NBA top shot so popular is that you can go through the entire experience end to end without having to do anything with the crypto wallet. Um, and, yeah, and they right. have their own token, but so much of it is is fiat based or 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 I guess currency agnostic, if you will. It's yeah. just kind of focused on the the user experience. And then if you want to do some to extract if you want to put value into the system you know it's seamless and then if you want to extract that value back out you know that's when you need to get all the technical pieces done but i agree with both of you 100 percent. like that's what you need because you don't want to create friction between someone who wants to play your game and the actual gameplay experience or or at least reduce the friction yeah we want to reduce the friction exactly no no barrier to entry also yeah also like there's a Second thing I've just been thinking about, you know, about wider adoption. I think um, NFT gaming or, or crypto, you know, with scams and people losing money, uh, there's some bad press out there, you know, like in the mainstream gaming uh, community, maybe people feel like, you know, Ubisoft and companies, you know, the big boys are just there to, to take more money from the, from the end user the gamer from the player and and i think there's a sort of uh herd mentality and a crowd mentality you know people that game gaming community that's not yet switched on to crypto is uh maybe thinking oh you know it's an easy way to lose money it's you know it's a, there are too many scams that we keep hearing about um but i see uh, the mainstream gaming community kind of waking up one person at a time you know, and as kids start to earn money through playing games and just telling their friends and going, look, I just earned this money. How'd you earn that money? I just earned it playing Time Raiders. Yeah, they're going to tell each other, they're going to be doing it and they're going to, you know, they're going to love that. Yeah. And what's not to love about that? Uh, I agree. And I tell that to some of my colleagues, you know, regularly is that what we need, what the ecosystem needs, the play to earn ecosystem is stories of average people average gamers, not crypto enthusiasts, not investors, you know, no one who's playing the market short term, long term, none of that. Like the average person, my next door neighbor, sorry, my next door neighbor who is 10 
who is able to, you know, pay for video games by playing video games. Yeah. Do you all, you mentioned that you have to download from the site. So my guess is that you won't be hosting this on, on traditional marketplaces like Steam, because I, as I still understand it, Steam is not doing anything. They, they still banned basically play to earn games. Um, and I, I think Epic Game Store is also doing that. Have you heard of anyone kind of, like you said, talking about gamers one at a time warming up to it? Is any, have you seen any of the major uh, e-commerce platforms start to warm up to this? Or I know that they're, you know, I'm blanking on the name of the platform now. Ultra. Ultra is, is kind of a competitor to Steam. I don't know if you're familiar with them. But are, have you seen more traditional platforms come online or, or say we're going to accept this? Or, or do we need to go? completely decentralized and just support the ultras of the ecosystem? Um, I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that there are, uh, you know, big companies in the crypto space who are working on uh, gaming solutions are working with all of the big boys uh, to get, you know, including Sony and Microsoft to get, you know, various games out uh, to people. Um, and I know it's, I think Epic are going, they did say in the press that they will support um, NFT games. Steam have said no, but I'm pretty certain they're going to have to change their mind. Because um, yeah, Steam's an interesting on? one. I, for Steam, I think uh, the issue is that all of their systems are based around current taxation laws and things like that in the United States. And I think that until they um, have a route through, I'm just, look, I'm, I'm conjecturing. Okay? Mm -hmm. But until they have a route through to be able to um, safely bring this product into their system that's already very well established. And until they can do that, you know, I think they'll hold back. Uh, probably Apple and Android are going to be similar. Um, you know, Apple don't like you buying with cash something and then being able to take it out of the game to make money out of it. So um, although I'm hoping both Apple and Android will be adopters of um, games such as ours, where we're not asking for cash from the players, where it's we're just using the mobile or tablet as a an on the go version of our PC game. You know, so fingers crossed we, we can we can we get some positive movement there. <laughs> but um, I have been watching a few of the platforms. Um, there's some interesting platforms coming up. Um, you know, um, there's a new platform called Moxie, which is, you know, they 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 want to be the 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 go to place for play to earn games. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll watch we'll watch what's going on there and we might be able to uh, extend our reach by going there. Um, but, you know, our social media marketing team has been fantastic. You know, uh, the users have been growing really nicely across our systems. We have key conversations with some DAOs and guilds. Um, you know, I, I think we're, I think we're going to be fine for early user adoption. Um, even, even if it is, is just the website for download. Right. And, and, and obviously, you all have done a great job and you, you bring a premium product to the marketplace. So I'm sure your early launch will, will be fine. I'm just kind of thinking long term and larger scale about the ecosystem. 
But I, I also like that you've taken the philosophy of trying to create uh, the NFT creation and redemption and, and all of those open sea-ish external components, trying to, to keep them inside of your ecosystem as much as possible, right? To create that stickiness and that value for the, the platform, the token, everything, the entire, again, ecosystem, um, yeah. just living within the game. That, that's going to make it easier for people to, to get what they need and, and stay. Yeah, exactly. So, and then they're still free to take stuff out of the game and sell it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem, but you know, if you're a time raider player, it's going to be easier, I think, to sell it to another time raider player. You know, and I'm just thinking about like the first several thousand users and they played the game for a month. So they're a little higher, but mm-hmm. new players come in and they're like, oh, oh, cool. Can I buy that thing off you? And you're like, oh, yeah, great. And then you go a little higher and they go a little higher and the new guys come in and, you know, just thinking about that, how that works. And it's like, wow, you know, if they're all there talking to each other, chatting with each other and, you know, looking at the marketplace and like, oh man, I had to sell that cool machine gun that that Nazi guy had. I want one of those. And mm-hmm. I wonder if they have it in the market. Ah, there it is. You know, hundred expendium. That's like, you know, however much. Yeah, I mean, uh, to take the sort of submarine example as well, uh, let's say I've used the submarine, I've completed that level, I've unlocked, you know, an underwater level with my submarine, and then I've uh, looted it of whatever goodies I've uh, found in that level, and I now have access to it, then there's no harm in me then selling that, because there's only 500 of them, there's no harm in me then selling that a submarine on the open marketplace uh, to give another person an opportunity to shoot tornado uh, torpedoes at the land and to find other hidden NFTs. And of course, uh, they won't find the same NFTs as the uh, as the previous person because we will populate the environment with new and more rare stuff as we go. That's awesome. I don't know if this is cart before the horse. Um, so. Feel free to tell me that if it is, but do you all have a, a ballpark uh, beta launch? You know, you may have your roadmap or if, it, if that's not, is that you want people to just follow you on social media and, and discord and stay tuned where it will be announced there. If, if you have yes, some stuff please. you need to share. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so. we're, we're, we're aiming uh, for an April open beta mm-hmm. where we can get plenty of people to help us test the game. And so we'd be very uh grateful and excited and we will reward uh, people that like would like to come and test the game for us as well on a slightly different note are there kind of pvp competitive components that might be a good fit for esports oh yeah 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 um we're yeah. not we won't we won't be launching with the multiplayer um because we're you know we, we're it is a serialized game so we're launching with a certain amount of levels and then kind of every month we'll release more content and more content and more content and every quarter, we'll do a slightly uh, more major update to the game engine, which will include new features. Um, there is a roadmap, which I think is available through the um, through the website and available via the social media pages. Um, but multiplayer is important to us, and um, you know we're we're planning co-op modes and like competitive co-op modes, but we're also, we are planning some form of PVP. Um, the, we're actually planning <laughs> three, three or four different kinds at the moment um, and deciding which is going to be the, 
the most important one to do first, technically, um, and for um, player retention. But you know, there is an exciting there's an exciting idea for. Can I talk about the battle arena, Simon? You happy with that? I was really hoping that you were going to share about the battle arena. I think yeah, great. Okay, I just wanted to double check with you. So the battle arena. Now this is exciting. There's two parts to the battle arena. Okay, part one is a pre-sale of landowners for uh, for uh, fractional ownership of Battle Island. Battle Island travels through time to all sorts of different locations, okay? And then the art theme of Battle Island changes depending upon... So you can imagine like a Roman Colosseum type of thing, an ancient Greek type of thing, um, you know, like a, a modern day arena. You can battle something in the future, like from... You know, from uh, the Thor movie, <laughs> Ragnarok, was it? Um, you can really imagine. Dinosaurs. Whole, yeah, yeah, you know, dinosaur arena, like, you know. And uh, so a bunch of people can pre-purchase a, a piece of the battle arena. And then the battles themselves, um, we're, just, we're just vetting this with our lawyers, make sure everything's fine and, and happy to do this. But battles themselves... <clears throat> there'll be some free battles, but then there'll be some paid battles and guilds and leagues and all sorts, right? So so you've got like an entry fee. Let's just say the entry fee is Expendium, okay? And let's say that the, you know, at the start of Expendium, you know, let's say that Expendium is, is such that you're paying five bucks to get in, okay? Um. So the way that it works is we bring in, you know, 80 or 100 guys in a in a Clash Royale, all spaced equally around the battle arena with all sorts of obstacles there and all, you know, all sorts of fun things. And uh, so you, you guys should battle it out, basically. And it basically, if you, you pay your entry fee, you have to only kill two two other guys and you make profit. One guy, you won't make profit. You'll, you'll, you'll lose a tiny bit. But like, but two guys, you make profit, right? Three guys, four guys, five guys, right? Basically, the entry fees are all held. And 70% of the entry fee is, you know, going back out to each of the people who, who get kills. Yeah. And then the other 30%, the, the, the lion's share of that 30% goes to the landowners. With a small part being either cycled back to for PR for future battles, or to be burnt for economic reasons, or um, or to pay for transaction fees. So it's great. I love the OPM. OPM is one thing I really adore about the economics. OPM is other people's money. Okay, so basically, basically, it, you're not throwing stuff away. You're not like spending and throwing it away, right? Every time you pay for an upgrade, it gets into a pool, right? Every time you pay for energy, it goes to another pool. When you do the battle arena, it goes to the winner's pool. You know, it's it's just brilliant. It's just a nice, you know, it's like a really small version of the national lottery, I guess. You know? <laughs> and, and the space needs it. So thank you all for bringing that to the space. I, and I'll have to do more research on, on your game and, and certainly follow it more closely. Um, but I, I would encourage you to think about esports beyond player versus player to yeah. even speed runs you know and i don't know if you have 
Oh, if yeah. There are scores that you get for or points you get during the level or even completing the level in a certain amount of time. But from my perspective, no one is critical of um, single person Olympic sports like shot put or javelin throwing. Uh, but you don't see that same kind of singular player focus in traditional esports. So just want you to wow. kind of expand your, your horizon, if you will, uh, not to use the, the metaverse, the, the meta version of horizon, but expand your, your horizon of what could be easier. You may be able to introduce some earlier. Well, funny you should say that because the Nintendo model, I love the Nintendo model. It's like we spent time building this level and the arc. It's beautiful. But you go through it once. But in a Nintendo game, you often revisit it with a different game mode. So what we're doing is every single level that we build has at least, it's well, at the start, it'll have two game modes outside of the story mode. And we're hoping to build it up over time to seven to 10 game modes per level. And then we'll introduce something similar within the multiplayer system. So one of the game modes is a speed mode. Another game mode is a race, race, race your own ghost team. So beat your, beat your own score, right? There can also be a kind of general beat the high score ghost team in a multiplayer session. You know, we've got, we've got hostage, um, rescue. We've got escort. We've got assassination. We've got zombie mode. We've got clear the decks where you just have to get every single enemy, you know, on that there is within the game, even if you have to find, find a few hidden ones, you know, like all sorts, you know, we're, we're definitely, we're definitely thinking, hopefully thinking outside the box. Really, really excited to hear about that and, and, and keep, we'll be keeping myself posted about it because again, you know, you, it sounds like you were putting in a lot of intentional thought behind, like, how do you make this game A, accessible with B, able to engage different types of gameplay uh, I'll call them personas. Right? Yeah. Like some people only want to go do, you know, beat their best score. Um, yeah. But you, you, it sounds like you've thought about having something for everyone or at least different types of experiences. So different categories or demographics or personas of gamers can be engaged in your ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are, I mean, we're purposely planning that way. Yeah. yeah, people are going to be playing the game to earn money. We don't want it to be too much of a grind. You know, we want there to be plenty of ways to earn money and for the experience to be fun. If the experience is fun as well as people making money, then hopefully we can generate lots and lots of players. And if we've got lots and lots of players and they're all playing with each other, then there's a whole community enjoying themselves with fun features, hidden Easter eggs and genuine treasure, you know, that can be translated into the real world. Just to be part of it is incredibly exciting. If we can crack the nut of allowing, you know, Western game players to be able to earn money while playing video games, it would be tremendous fun experience. That would certainly be revolutionary. Uh, we've got a few minutes here before the end of the podcast. So I, I want to ask one more question. This is the more fun question. What's the craziest, most entertaining or, or strangest experience you've had in your D5 journey? Uh, just as an example, like on my end, you know, I got into Bitcoin in 2013. I bought half of Bitcoin um, and I day traded it in two weeks to triple my investment. But I'm not a crypto millionaire because I left it on CEX.io and one of the, the coins that I had it in was in Doge. And so back then, Doge got delisted because it, it was and still is a meme coin. And I didn't, they, they kept giving me warnings and I wouldn't heed their warnings. So they started giving me the equivalent of maintenance fees and they took all my money because I had a non custodial wallet. 
sorry, had a custodial wallet. So do you, do you have a, a story like that? Uh, I mean, the, the craziness for me, right, is I have never worked in an industry that moves so fast. I, I, I'm in so many telegram groups. I never even knew all over the world, you know. So I can do on Zoom or, or on Teams or on Google Meets. I'm do, I do all the continents in one day, mm. you know. So And it's, it's really exhausting being on 24-7, you know. Um, I'm dealing with China, Indonesia, India, as well as Europe, America. It's really something. I've never been a part of anything. And also, everybody's really like um, gung ho. It's like the, the new frontier, and everybody that is uh, committed to this world is super committed. Just on having a great time. It's just so much fun. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I'm loving the ethos. Like you yeah. know, um, like I'm involved with this project. I I have another project as well. I'm involved with, and um, the sharing of information. Across projects, across companies, across coins, has has been amazing. Across platforms, like like you know, these guys are like, oh, you know, we'd love you to use our tools and technology, but even if you can't, because we can't give you what you want immediately, you know, we still want to invest in you. We still want to help you. We still want you to succeed, and maybe you'll come back at some point. You know, uh, I love that. I, you know, I love that. We're kind of all in it together. I mean, some people are going to be absolute whales and and multi-billionaires, you know, I do have a few friends who got Bitcoin at a dollar and, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure them. where they, I'm not sure where they got out, but you know, they just bought a building recently. So they, they did well. They're doing um, well for themselves for sure. <laughs> um, I just, uh, I just find it very refreshing. The, the decentralization, you know, the, the, the kind of let's help, Let's help our fellow man around the globe. Let's 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 raise the standard of living in 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 the Far East, in Indonesia, in Vietnam, in Philippines. You know, and of course that then begs the question: How can we raise the standard of living across the African nations? How can we raise the standard of living across Central and South American nations? You know, who who else can benefit from this? You know, I don't. Anyway, it really it just boggles the mind. It's refreshing to hear that and encouraging to hear that from the two of you because I, I've, I've seen more centralization. I, I, I think I had rose-colored glasses in 2016 when I made the connection between Bitcoin and, and blockchain and then blockchain and gaming. And right. then over the last two years, I have not seen it look to central. Uh, but we're starting to see, obviously, a ton of investment in play to earn and, and metaverses. So it, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And, and it's great to see you all really trying to stay true to what what the the philosophy was for the technology and the opportunity of the technology. Before we go, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to share anything of, of importance for your project, things you want people to know and, and take with them as they... Hmm. Well, that's kind of you. I mean, you know, come and help us test the game. Uh, please yeah. please tell everybody about us um, because we, we, you know, it's nothing without the players. We, we need everybody to... Uh, help us drive us to create a better product you know and that's done yeah. through play testing through large numbers of people yeah great you know and um and also um it won't be available at the beta launch but the the second the relaunch 
um, we should have the governance through staking come up and, you know, come and join the governance team and have, have a voice in some of the direction that we're going in and, you know, help us. It's great if the players are, are in the governing team and saying, and we say, Hey, okay, we get a B test, you know, which do you prefer? We're thinking this, we like this one, but what do you, you know, and they could, they, they'll pick something out that we hadn't seen, you know, and we'll be able to respond. I love being able to respond. Serial release and revision means that we can respond to the, our audience and give them more what they want, you know? So looking forward to that. That's important as well. And I think it, it, doesn't get stated enough that there's, I think in the history of the gaming industry, not been as much engagement as, as should have been between the game producers and the game consumers. Um, and, and so you see releases of, of unfinished games or features that, that ultimately like gamers are opposed to and critical of. And, 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 and at least in my mind, I think like, why wouldn't you have focused tested that before you launched it? So governance creates that opportunity for you to do that, a structure for you to do that, yeah, a better structure right. rather. Yeah, 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 really. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and, yeah, God, I mean, that's that's the worst thing for me. Is it, uh, who said it? Was it Shigeru Miyamoto? Said you you can be, uh, uh, you can be late once. You can be shit forever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's, yeah. That is box product, though. You know, that's yeah. it. It's like, it's out. Oh, we didn't, you know. <laughs> we thought it was the pet shop. We didn't realize that it was the horses that they liked. You know. <laughs> great. Well, I'm excited to see the future of Time Raiders and Simon. It's been great to reconnect with you. You know, back to my last company, Project MQ, where I was supporting the global indie game community. Um, it's where you know, yeah, connected, and, and so I, I totally uh, resemble, if you will, re- resonate with and relate to that that experience of having contacts and business being done at 8 a.m. across the globe, regardless of what time you're supposed to be asleep. So uh, I, I will be uh, sending you good vibes, hopefully that you're getting some sleep. But thank you yes. both for yeah, your yeah. time here and look forward to seeing more. I'm sure you got some major announcements coming up in the next few weeks. I'll, I'll stay tuned and help you share those. Um, thank you all, everyone else who's tuned in on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, um, all the platforms. And you can tune in with us this upcoming Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard for the next episode, episode 19 of the podcast, where we'll be featuring Genghis Khan from uh, the first IDO that we'll be launching on Gamify, which is which is the, the Gammy team. Uh, so join us this upcoming Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. We'll see you then. Thanks for your time. Good night, friends. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs>